This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. In five. Check for sound. Four. It's showtime. Three. Let's two, go. One. This is the Pro Audio Suite, a program all about audio and voiceover. Our panel consists of George the Tech Whittam from LA, Robert Marshall of Someone Audio Post Chicago, and Source Connect, Darren Robbo Robertson of Voodoo Sound Sydney, and myself, Andrew Peters, voiceover talent based just out of Melbourne, Australia. Don't forget to check out all episodes on our website. That's theproaudiosuite.com. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another Pro Audio Suite. Uh, This week we have a special guest based in Vegas at the studio called Adrenaline is Matt Smith. G'day, Matt. Good day. Well, it's been a while. I think the last time we spoke was uh, when George and Robert were in Vegas for NAB, I think. It was almost a year ago, yeah. It was about a year ago. Yeah. It's going to probably happen again. So we thought we'd get you on because um, your studio is quite unique in the sense that you get a lot of sort of Hollywood going to Vegas and they need to use a studio for ADR um, and various other things that come through there. So just give us a bit of background on the the average day at Adrenaline Studios. Uh, There is no average day. Um, (laughs) That's kind of what I love about the job is that it's always something different. One minute we're doing an ADR session and the next we're we're cutting radio spots. Uh, Like tomorrow I've got a bunch of spots for Capriotis we're cutting. Um... Just kind of the, the the work kind of runs the gamut. That's the that's the life of a working studio these days. I, that's what I hear everywhere I go. Like it's this. Very rarely does one studio have a niche anymore. It's like you have to be diverse, right? And and but you're in a location where you've got such a variety of projects that need a service like yours. Like and, yeah, the 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 agency works kind of the agency work kind of keeps the keeps the light on, keep the lights on, um, and then the ADR work and the actors being in town for whatever reason um, is kind of the icing on the cake. So it's kind of a nice uh, it's kind of a mix, nice mix of both. So what's the um, like the local the local pull is actors in town, but then the production work is remote and widespread is that like the from the yeah our clients are all over the country um right. we, we have a handful of, of local for sure but um but i've got you know clients in, in reno i've got clients in california east coast i mean they're it's kind of all over right is it mainly you delivering to other studios for agency or would the majority of the work be local um <sighs> The majority of the work we do, I would say, is we kind of are an audio post house to uh, video houses that don't have an in-house audio department, if that makes sense. Um, so we've got an agency or a, a video house in, in LA that they they send all their you know they'll they'll cut the video and send us an OMF and, and the video and we we'll mix it to broadcast specs and 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 other clients will will use us for for voiceover. Um, sometimes. Uh, We'll get a script, cut the VO, send that off. They'll cut the video to it, give it back to us, add music, sound design, uh, mix it. Um, it just kind of depends on uh, who our clients are. We've got some agencies that that we take a script from from scratch and and and, and produce it, and and we've got clients that uh, just need us to clean up on camera audio and and give a give a good mix. How, how long has Adrenaline been going? Uh, I started working out of my house in 2009, so uh, coming up on 10 years here. Actually, no, I'm sorry, uh, I surpassed 10 years uh, in February. Congratulations. Thank you. Well Thank you. Beautiful. 
So how have things changed, do you think, in the last 10 years? Oh. Well, think- Matt, if, if, I, if I may ask, was, was, were, were you at, um, what's it called, the uh, Studio Center? I was. They're actually the ones that moved me out to Vegas back in 03. Okay. And, um, and then got bought out and changing the guard, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I found myself uh, in Vegas in uh, no job. Right. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you very much. <laughs> yeah. And you nice had to build you. the plane while it was plummeting towards the earth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. I was so fortunate enough to, to... I ended up working for a, a small house. It was just two of us. I, I, we put in about four years with him. And uh, and then kind of back when the economy crashed, it, it uh, didn't go so well, and I found myself uh, on my own again. So um, just kind of started freelancing from my house, and it's just it's just built from there. And uh, so, how did you happen to get back into the old space? How did how did that come about? Uh, I just caught wind that they were um, they were closing up their Las Vegas branch, and uh, so I, I I knew who the landlord was, and I kind of buzzed over here and chatted with him real quick, and. Uh, we went back and forth negotiating for a bit, and uh, they, we came up with an agreement, and uh, I got a nice long-term deal here. Wow. So it was pretty much like end-to-end when they left, you were, you were right there. Yeah, yeah. We turned this place in about, I want to say, two months. I mean, it was originally built out back in 95, and, and, and it, it looked like it. it you know, there was wallpaper in the reception and vertical blinds and a bunch of archways and all the studios had uh, drywall soffits for you know old CRT TVs. Yeah. So we did quite a bit of a big facelift to it to, just to bring it up to speed. Sure. It's a lot of work, but it's uh, the kind of work that's not massive structural work. You didn't have yeah. to do. No, that was the beauty. Of massive it. It was all, upgrades. All the doors and the windows were already here, which was a huge. Which is the which is the reason that, I'm, I'm here. Yeah, that, that was, it was a huge part of all huge of Huge cost saving, absolutely. So how different did you find it? You know, working from your home and then launching into uh, the new studio space? Um, well, there was a, I had a space in between. Um, I had a space just off the strip. It was a, kind of an industrial flex space where it was offices in the front and, and, and warehouse space in the back. And we started out with just a couple couple rooms in, in, in one booth, if you will. And then uh, over the years, kind of outgrew that. And we, we built some more offices into the warehouse space and took over the uh, the suite next door. And I just done all that work when, when this place uh, came available. So it was uh, a bunch of money right in the trash. But um, I'm, I'm really <laughs> happy where I am now because this, this place is just just beautiful. So it, it worked out. But no, I think the biggest transition was was when you work from home, you're you you never stop working. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, you know, I would be, I'd be cutting VO all day. I'd, I'd stop to eat dinner with my wife and, and my child. And then I'd go back to work and mix spots all night and then go to sleep and do it all over again. So um, it's nice having a, a place to go to where my day kind of gets defined. I mean, you never stop working. I mean, you have your phone on you. You're always responding to emails and whatnot, but I try not to do too many sessions from home anymore. Um, so so I, I'm able to define my day by I leave work and I and I kind of leave it at work. And, and so it's it's nice in that sense. How do you find clients, uh, do they accept the fact that you're going to shut the door at a certain time and lights out until the next day? Because now there seems to be that expectation that everything has got to be now. And if you've got a history of working from home and they know you're going to be available, then you're kind of stuck well, with that. I think it's kind of the opposite problem where a lot of our clients are East Coast. But, you know, being West Coast, it's it's nice because my East Coast clients can can call me at seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night, and, and we're still here. 
Um, yeah. The problem we have is is they want to do a session at nine their time, and that's six our time, which isn't desirable. But but we make it happen um, when it needs to happen, and you know, we, I get somebody to come in, or, or I myself come in, or or I'll do it from home. Um, I, I do have a rig at home still that I can with Source Connect and, and and do sessions from home. Speaking of rigs, tell us about your rigs. What do you what what's your flavor of choice in DAW, and what do you find that the stuff that you just can't work without? Um, we run Pro Tools and all the. I've got four. I've got four studios here and 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 four edit bays. Um, three of them are Pro Tools uh, HD native um, with the Omni. Um, I've got one sync box in our in our ADR room, and then I've got one LE system here. Um, and then at home, I've just got an LE system. Um, plug-in wise, I'm a big Isotope fan. Um, we used to be on Waves, but they just they they, they were. Extremely expensive compared to Isotope, and the, and the the bang for the buck value was 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 a lot better with Isotope, and uh, so we kind of transitioned over to those a few years ago. Was the licensing easier with Isotope as well? The way the licensing system works, or is well, it all I, I, the same at this point? Well, no, it, it's a lot easier with Isotope because you don't have to have the iLock. You don't have to constantly shuffle iLocks around. Yeah, you can go back and listen to an old episode of ours from a few months ago, where we actually interviewed a rep from Isotope and a rep from Wave. So okay. that was interesting. <laughs> I was telling the boys before we started recording, uh, I've just downloaded recently this week um, Nectar for uh, for a bunch of reasons that probably worth aren't, aren't worth going into here, but um, I'm loving it. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's all everything's in one plugin. It's it's just nice. We use it on every single session. And vocal synth is the next thing on my to get list, um, which I guess maybe for you is probably not so big, but me work. I do a lot of radio imaging and and stuff like that. And uh, vocal synth is the is the next thing that I think is on my hit list. It looks very. Is, is very it like cool. a vocoder? What is it? Yeah, it is. It's basically a vocoder. Uh, but a very, very powerful one. And, and you can sort of get in and just change it just about every any parameter that you could possibly think of. It's just killer. Fun. So, uh, so yeah, and, so and that's there, the next thing on my get list. And their, their RX is, is just amazing. RX is oh, killer. Yeah. Every, every day. Is every there a day. studio that yeah. doesn't have it anymore would be my question. A serious yeah. studio anyway. Well, and the scary part is, is it's getting too good. Um, I remember, I remember uh, NAB two years ago when RX six first dropped, and they were doing the demo on the floor, and, and, and I'm in line behind the, this guy, and he's, geez, we don't need to hire audio anymore. We can just do this ourselves. <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's the scary yeah. part is that yeah, you know, yeah, with yeah. with all the remote recording and you know all the pillow forts and hotel rooms and, and whatnot, yeah. you're, you're you're witnessing studios close up shop all over the country because. Uh, they're just everybody's bypassing them these days. Well, Nectar, um, the um, the IA in Nectar, you know, I was telling the guys, you know, the fact that you can basically just go, I, I want you to take care of this, pretty much, and and push a button, and it gives you a suggested output setting for everything from compression to reverb to EQ, the, to even to gating, um, is doing that even more so, right? I don't really use the auto feature, but yeah, I mean, it's that that's just it though. Everything's becoming automated. And, and you know, even with uh, Audition or uh, Audition has the new, or Adobe has the new coming out where if you've got 20 minutes of somebody's voice, you can make them say whatever you want. Mm. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't wow. think it's going to be able to read a script top to bottom, but right, I, I exactly. certainly think it'll kill revisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think people will be able to change things in a pinch. Yeah. Yep. And how long is it till it can do that though? You know, how long is it till it can read a whole script? It actually yeah, is voice talent just script. get paid if you use their if you use their their plugin 
preset. The voice the, print. But we've, had, we've had this Ouch. discussion on the show before, right, AP, where, you know, maybe 20, not even 20 years, five, 10 years down the track, you're not paying someone for a voice session, you're paying them to buy their voice sample so you can yeah. um, plug it into your oh, machine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I reckon absolutely. that's going to, I think that's going to be, uh, and if they don't, in fact, my feeling is if people don't start acting on that pretty quickly, it's going to be out out the gate and gone. Um, you've just got to have some way of owning your voice and owning samples. Well, they already have it for people that are like losing their voice. So certain like degenerative illnesses where you know at some point as it progresses, you're going to lose your voice. They have services now where they can capture you saying all the proper things so that when they, when you are now only able to, you know, type into a computer and then it, you know, speaks for you, it's at least speaking with your voice. Yeah, right. And they have that. Roger Ebert had that done because he's lost his lower jaw. And oh. so he he cannot speak at all. But they, they spent years, uh, well, not years, but they took years and years of audio of his voice and created a speech synthesis module using his own voice. And he did a wow. TED Talk um, a couple of years ago that was all his voice. And or it was, TED Mime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't, you know, <laughs> it wasn't, um, it was certainly not flawless. But I mean, the technology was just a forebearer. Of- but, but for them, that's a big deal that at least it's your organic voice in a sense. Like a yeah, little yeah. bit closer, you're not completely lost, you know? Imagine yeah. losing your voice. So, Matt, do you use Source Connect? We do, we do, and and I would say you know more and more uh, as time goes on. Um, you know, I would say five six years ago it was maybe five percent of what we did. You know, ninety five percent ISDN, and 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 now it's probably I want to say it's over fifty percent now. Um, kind of reaching parity or reaching. You know, the, yeah, I mean, a lot 50. of it's forced because talent are, are are dumping ISDN, so so we have no choice but to use it, but. Um, uh, a lot of the studios in in, in Hollywood are, are are requesting it. Even um, you know, when when given the choice between both, I'm seeing a lot more uh, people choosing Source Connect. Um, and, and Do you think there's some real truth behind rumors of the 2020 ISDN cutoff? I've been hearing about this for five years. I don't think <laughs> I, so. Don't I, think I've so? been hearing ISDN is going to no. die for the past. 20, you know, 15 years. I, 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 yeah. It's like the fax machine. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> true. It's old faithful. Well, it's actually, um, it, it's dying here. It's being removed here. It actually is being switched off. Um, yeah. It is being switched off. I know that I've just turned mine off anyway because it's going to be come down next September. It, it, well, this September, the this lines September, are being pulled okay. down. Well, yeah. they, well, you guys can all get a VISDN line. So don't that's right. Yeah. Well, that's what we're going to need if you want to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but actually talking talking about plugins though, there was one that George sent. I don't know whether you've seen this, Matt, but uh, it was uh, a Swedish guy. Um, it's a company. I think they're called. It's either Clevgrand or Espresso, but they've got um, Clevgrand. A D- Clevgrand, and they've got a Deesa, and they've got a noise reduction system. Now, looking at the video they posted, it looked that the noise reduction looked amazing. It, um, it always does in their videos. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then you apply it to, to something real. And that's why I'd be curious to see with with Isotope to hey, you know, take the audio that I'm having trouble with and 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 show me it, show me at work because they always have the, mm. the 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 one they've already got you know calculated out with the birds in the background and they show you before and after. But it, but that's um, true. The yeah. demos are always like that was so smooth, <laughs> and they have really yeah. good. 
demo videos, by the way. Like, if, if from a marketing perspective, these guys they're really on good. it, aren't they? Like the, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they're yeah. really good. Yeah, but I, you know, the demos are cheap. I our demos are free. I've tried them out, and I have tried their what they call the Bruce Free, which is noise free in Swedish, I guess. Yeah, and um, it's it's a it's not an algorithm that works like uh, like the isotope, where it's using math to remove you know what's noise from speech it's doing more of like this really fancy multi-layered gating thing and it sounds like when i describe it it sounds like a train wreck right but does it, does it give you that hollow tinny sound or does it do a no, better job at artifacts it yeah it doesn't have those artifacts it's kind of i mean any of these noise reduction tools when you push them to their edge you know to push them to right. the brink they fall apart you know there's a certain point where it just doesn't do you, know the, do you know the waves WN like NS four or something? It's got like four faders. It's yeah. kind of it's kind of like the cedar approach to it, or you just have four. It's a cedar faders. approach that's just completely one hundred percent AI. Like you literally click a ear on the screen, it listens to the room tone, and then it takes it out. So mm-hmm. you train it, and then it takes it right. out. Now there's other plugins like Audacity's been doing that for years. You know, and we all know what audacity noise reduction sounds like at this point, I'm sure. I mean, <laughs> how many, I've heard it, I can tell them from, you know, somebody plays me a three-second sample and go, oh yeah, that was recorded with audacity using the noise reduction. It's so obvious, but this thing is pretty damn transparent. So it's kind of interesting. It's made me second think about yeah, send me send me a link if you can. I'd love to love to try it out. Um, yeah. It's it's kind of, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's a large part of what again? we do is we get, we get you know, all sorts of uh, different challenging backgrounds that we that clients want us to, to remove. Yeah. All right. So yeah. so Matt, how many times not have you ever had, but just how many times have you had someone do the thing where they're like they shoot their video and they set the guy up with a lavalier mic and then they sh- they look at their camera and they've got level and they make every make sure everything looks okay and they shoot their video. You're gonna say send line then, level to mic input? No, not, oh, okay. not quite. So the, the the video comes out it's like super echoey. And they're like, can you fix this? Ooh. <laughs> oh, because the uh, video camera was not actually recording the. Well, they didn't set their input. mic input to the external right. lavalier input. They mm-hmm. just still right. left it with the built-in mic on the top of the camera. And so they like, were sucking out 10 foot of distance well, between you and the mic well, the and wor- all the room reverb. <laughs> yeah. But the worst, exactly. the, wor- no, the worst one is, is when you've got, uh, you've got a five-minute video and there's one scene or, or you know, 10, 15 seconds where they don't have the ISO mic. So now you got to either make all of it dirty, yes, to match the fifteen seconds to try to make it all sound bad, so it doesn't sound like this this jolt in the in the middle. That's the worst when you have good audio from for a majority of it, but you can't use it. And then the question comes: (laughs) But can't you just match it? (laughs) Right, right. Just fix it. Been there, done that. Yeah, absolutely. Can, can she just call? Can she just call on the phone and, and read yes. those lines? <laughs> how many times has that worked out? Have you tried that? <laughs> I, I find it really interesting how many times you watch TV or watch a movie, um, TV usually, and you you can tell when they've done a pickup, they've done an ADR, mm. a, yeah. a bit of dialogue, and, and it's not the whole pe- the whole scene. They've just grabbed you know a couple of a line or something, and it's completely different to the rest of it. But the average punter, I guess, doesn't and, pick it and up. And do you pick it up by sync or do you just pick it up more by like changing oh, just the sound tone of it? Oh, you can hear yeah. it yeah. Yeah, straight away. Yeah, it just jumps out. Tone. Yeah. 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 The day, like sometimes I, they don't even match their own pitch. You know, like so much of sometimes ADR, a lot of it is being able to 
zero in on the same pitch that you were at mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. And that way you're going to, um, you know, blend in way better than if you're at a different pitch. You're going to yeah. pick up on that. Uh, here's a question for you, Matt, and this is, uh, I know this happens, happens quite a lot. Ha- have you ever done a session where you've had to do an ADR session where you've got an actor, but not the actor, but someone else to copy that actor and drop some lines into uh, a film or, or some We had drama. to do an entire, like, five-minute piece like that, and it was difficult because everybody speaks at their own cadence, so they may say the exact same thing, but they don't time the words right so it gets on and off and it's it's really hard to do but what um, is this for like what's the work what's the purpose or the workflow it, it was a video they shot that they didn't record the the love or the the boom it was it was just awful audio and they couldn't get the the, the girls back in so i had to source local people to come in and just we, we had to redo the entire five minute piece and um, I mean, with a lot a of it was with a different person. With a different voice. person, two different yeah. people altogether. Wow. And I mean, a lot of it was off camera, so that part was easy. But the the parts where they were on was was just it's just it, it's challenging. Just when it's not the same person. I, I had I had one where uh, it was the actress was from. Uh, they they shot in I don't remember Czechoslovakia, and they planned on overdubbing or doing ADR with the voices, just to have an American accent. So they ADR the whole thing. At the very end, she says. Thanks for noticing. But what she said was thanks for noticing. And her mouth looked completely different. And <laughs> so it's like no matter what you did, it was like... <laughs> That's not going to work. I, right. I, but you get the weird ones. Like um, I, I had one sent to me years ago. And uh, it was for a movie called Pearly Soames, I think. And it was Russell Crowe. And obviously some of the audio had dropped and he wasn't getting, they couldn't get him back in to record it because it was going to cost too much money. So they needed to get someone who sounded like Russell Crowe to do this one line. And uh, so my agent sent me this thing. So the New York agent sent me this thing. But they obviously didn't check the, the piece of video or knew anything about the film. So they've gone, okay, yeah, he sounds a bit like Russell Crowe. Send him the thing. But it's Russell Crowe playing a New York Irishman in the 1920s. <laughs> so, so not only have I got to be uh, an Aust- Australian Kiwi, but I've got to be an Australian Kiwi putting on an Irish New Yorker accent from the 1920s. Wow. How'd <laughs> <Which>, it go? <laughs> it, it, so I you find this on YouTube. <laughs> I should play it to you, but it, it's quite bizarre. Almost is not good enough, Romeo. Do you want the job or not, Dingy? Acting genius. Thank you. <laughs> Desmond, thank you. Hey, we get a handful of um, where there are kids in, a, in an animation or a movie, and I'm assuming that by the time they hit post, the kid has gone through puberty. So we get, you know, we'll try to voice match. Hey, there's a 12 year old boy. You know, we need to voice match this. We got to do a pickup line, and so we'll we'll send out casting like that, trying to get kids that can mimic the sound of that of that boy. Did you find a castrati? <laughs> that. A sixty-year-old Castrati arrived and did the twelve-year-old boy. <laughs> so, do you, how do you find working with actors? Do you find uh, sometimes a little bit demanding? I think, for the most part, they're they're uh, very very nice and 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 and, uh, and uh, amenable. Um, there are certainly some that um, are are more difficult than others, but yeah, no, I enjoy it. It's got to be hard when the when the when the ones that aren't as easy to work with are 
not haven't really earned that right quite yet. <laughs> you know, and yeah, you get it, yeah. just really just mm-hmm. get the Orson Welles <laughs> complex, or yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Have yeah. you ever had someone who wanted like the whole studio cleared? Like, I want to be the only person there. I don't want to run into anybody in the hallway. <laughs> no, no, we haven't had that one. But um, we did a. Recorded some some VO and it was it was craziest uh, list that we had to you know like everything from like replacing all the trash bags with clear trash bags and and, and uh, I mean it, the list was crazy of you know who's in the building who's not in the building and and and, and uh, wow. all the security things that went along with it but um, but no I didn't have I had an actor who asked us to do that I'm gonna put that uh, if <laughs> if I ever get invited to record something I'm just gonna put that somewhere on some email oh and by the way. I need the bags to be all clear trash bags. Okay, it can be with you. your brown M&M's writer. Yeah, it's the brown <laughs> M&M's test. <laughs> Just buy a rabbit. Buy a rabbit. <laughs> you get your brown M&M's. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Churns them out all day. <laughs> you have to coat That's them. a shit joke, really. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, what's up, Doc? Now, we're going to geek out a bit more because I do know, Matt, that you are one of the few people on the planet who bought the um, the Platinum U87. The Rhodium Edition, yes, yes. She looks, she looks Rhodium, good. Rhodium, that's right. Mm, do you use it much? Uh, yeah. We, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's in Studio A, so whenever we cut a, a VO in Studio A with a, with a U87, that's the one we're on. Um, do you have to wear gloves? Yeah, it's because they're white glove only, right? <laughs> uh, black glove actually is what it came with, but um, but I mean, yeah, I'd try not to touch the the, the body of it because your fingerprints will leave a will leave a mark on it. Mm. But uh, yeah, no, she's she's beautiful. Does it sound better? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, perception. Sure, I mean, it, it probably your brain makes it makes a connection that it does. But no, I mean, it's 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 the same eighty seven, just a, a prettier a prettier case. Let me mm. ask you this, Matt. What what is it about the U eighty seven? I mean, we we all know the mic. We you know we know where it's being used, and but why does it? Why for you is it still a go-to mic for certain situations? Like it's just you know there's no except no substitute. What is it about the U87? Well, I, I think that the, with the 87, it, it records everything flat. It records what's there. Um, so many of these mics, they, they've got a, a little top-end bump or a, a bottom-end bump, which is why VO guys love them. You know, oh, I sound great in this mic. I sound it, great to me, yeah. Yeah, because it makes it, but 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 you try to EQ that afterward and, and you go to from the low end and just it just gets muddy. There's nothing, they didn't record it. It wasn't there. Uh, the 87, you know, I hear people all the time say, well, I beat this against the U87 and it sounds way better. Right. <laughs> Because it's got, you know, they, they've basically done processing to that, to you know, to the mic. And, and the 87, if I want to turn up, you know, 5K, it's it's there. If I want to turn up, you know, the, the low end, it, it, it's there. It gives people more body without getting muddy. You know, being here, not being a talent, we got to have a mic that's going to sound good on, on, a, on a variety of people. Yeah. So um, I've just, I've got a U87 in, in, in all the studios and, and, and a 416 in all of them and, and, I've got a 103, and we've got a, a 147 around, but I, I typically use the, the 87 for everything. Well, it's more it's more forgiving with the polar pattern, so if you get people that are not used to being on mic. Yeah, the, the 416, is the, that's the problem with that, is if they get off axis even a little bit, it, it, it's quite a bit. Is there yeah. any truth to the uh, axiom that the U87 is the East Coast mic and the 416 is the West Coast mic? <laughs> I, I haven't heard that. that. 
<laughs> yeah, that's, a lot that's of true. studios yeah. in New York are on 87, you know, where you'll see a lot more 416s on, in LA for some reason. I think it's kind of funny. Um, huh. Is there another mic in your locker that just surprises you? Like you, you just go, I, I got to use that mic again. I keep forgetting how good it is. No, I mean, I, I like the 147, the the, the tube mic, because it's 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 got a more full sound. It's 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 a, um, it, but I'm a stickler for 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 having things the same. Like all, all four yeah. of the studios are exactly the same. I like having the 87 on everything because if I have to do a pickup in a different room, it's easy to match. Where where if I don't if I have a smorgasbord of mics in different rooms, then you got to, oh, where did we record that? Was that an A on, on this mic? And eh. I mean, of course yeah. you can take notes, but um, but but I've got the same Avalon 2022 in all four rooms and I've got the same U87 yeah. in all four rooms and, 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 and the same 416 in all four rooms. So it just makes things easier. The same 416 in all four rooms. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> a416 in, in all four rooms. That's some real yeah. string theory <laughs> shit right there. That's man. right. Yeah. Um, it's a it, quantum, it's just, quantum 416 <laughs> there when observed. <laughs> Matt, what's your opinion of like a, a, four, a 414? I haven't used one in a while, but I mean, for, for, for the money, they're, they're great mics. With, with all the different patterns, they're, they're, they're pretty versatile. I, um, I, I think for some things they get they get there in a different way as a U87. I mean, sort of even almost historically, you think about it, the U87 is the transistor version of a U67, and the 414 is a transistor version of the C12. And right. so there's, there's yeah, sort of... True. There's a certain degree where you just don't have the, the, the time to be the artiste of the engineer and let's try this mic and let's see how this works on you. You know, you need to turn it around. You need to have consistency. And when you know a mic, you know what EQ fader to pull or what EQ mm-hmm. handle to pull in your EQ when something doesn't quite sound right. You know exactly where to go and how much to pull it probably. And yeah, and that is just, you know, every day we're recording somebody different, you know, where if it was a matter of the same, you know, if I was a voiceover talent, it'd be a different story. I would, I would, you know, if I was on the same mic all the time, I would shop around and find something, you know, for, for me. But, but, but also I think it's the, you know, when a studio from LA calls and says, Hey, you know, what are you using for a mic? And, and you see U87 with an Avalon, it, you know, they go, okay, uh, you know, they're fine. Do, if, do they ever want like a SM7, like any radio places, thing, you know, something like that? No, I've never had that request. Um, you would hang no, up I mean, if for, you, for if ADR, you had that we request. get the, the, the MH, the MKH50 request. Um, Oftentimes, in, in lieu of the the four sixteen, but but um, no, I mean usually everybody's happy with the, the U eighty seven. I mean it, it, it works. What about when yeah. you receive um, files from other studios of voice that you have to work with? What's the um, what 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 are your expectations? Particularly if it was a, a talent that was working remotely from their own setup. Yeah, and I mean, say Melbourne. Yeah, <laughs> just I, mean, out of Melbourne, I, I don't, don't think you know. you've ever had an issue with 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 getting audio from studios, but but certainly you get you get audio from from talent you know on the go, and it's and you're trying to it, it certainly presents its challenges. You're recording all the talent that you're mixing in, right? To, to right. stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. But do you record them from their home studios all the time? Yeah, yeah. So uh, that, that was my question. Is more about what what do you expect from a talent and their setup from home? Well, uh, the. the f- First and foremost, um, um, I you know not having children running around screaming. Um, believe it or <laughs> not, it, it, <laughs> no. But I mean, it, it, we we it, there's a talent we work with, and, and you know all of a sudden she'll you know, she'll like you know quiet down out there. She'll just start yelling. And it's like you got your client. It's just so embarrassing, and 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 so 
those those things, of course, are 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 what you would expect would be just understood as a talent working from home. Um, Give her my number, will you? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it is funny when when you get somebody and you, you know. Whenever we start working with a new talent, we like to do a test first just to make sure that they know how to, you know, especially if it's Source Connect. I can't tell you how many times people have said, yeah, well, I've got Source Connect. And then you go to do a session, they go, well, yeah, I bought it a couple of years ago, but I never actually tried it. So, and, and you know, I'm like, well, did Forward you for Source did, Connect did now you? instead of Source Connect? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But we we do a test and, and, and you know, the, you know, the guy has spent a lot of money. Uh, in his mic and whatnot, and it doesn't and it doesn't sound right. And it's like you know, trying to tell somebody, hey, it's it's got a little boxy sound to it. And he's you know, he's like, well, I just spent five thousand dollars. I'm like, ah. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, that, it's that uh, tough thing where you try not to to insult them, but at the same time, it's like with the gear you're telling me you have, this should sound way better than it does. Right. So so is is that coming from like something that's been like uh, a cl- a client finds somebody and and you have to record them and and. No, that was like if we add a new talent to the roster, we we like to just connect with them first, just to make sure that they know how to use their equipment and and just to see how they sound before we put them with a with a client. Gotcha. And and um, it was it was a few years back, but but we had connected with somebody and and it just it just sounded boxy. You know, it was, it was probably a whisper room or something where you know just that that foam boxy sound and you know. Um, but um, he had a great mic, great preamp. It just didn't you know. I it, it might have just been. Changing the position in the in the room, um, but but it's 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 tough telling somebody that when 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 you know they've dumped a bunch of money, right? Yeah, but I, to me, I, I I would like you to tell me because there's nothing worse than you can you kind of like oh, we'll just have to suck this one up and then I think everything's great, so on I go thinking I've got the best thing in the world. Followed with the solution, or, or you get the you get the the responsible. Well, nobody else complained. I do stuff for CBS all the time and nobody says any word. I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I I tell my clients all the time, like, you know, do you get any feedback? And most of the time they say no. You know, they just never find out. And they hire me a lot because they're just not even sure. And half the time they sound great, but just nobody ever told them. Mm -hmm. I'm a a big believer in less is more, you know, like no compression, no no EQ if possible. No gate, please. Please, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. We have one talent. He's, he's got a, a noisy studio, and so he's got a gate, and, it, and, it, and it, it cuts off all the end of his words. And it's like, uh, give me the noise, I can get rid of the noise, but I can't put the beginning and ends of words back on. I'm like, just you know, I, I know you've got an air conditioning problem, but I don't care. Just just turn the gate off, and right. And it's one of those things. Well, well, nobody, nobody, nobody else complains, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know how they don't. It's not just home uh, studios that do that. I, I got a client, a radio client, who regularly send me voiceovers from that they record there um, and they send me the voiceovers and it's compressed to the bullshit. The gate thing you're talking about, you lose the ends of S's, mm-hmm. and which isn't the end of the world, but, you know, it's still a pain but, in the but, ass. But they have, like, hard cutoffs. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like just just chop, just straight off and stuff. And it's like, seriously? You guys work, obviously work with audio every day. You don't get that. But anyway, there you go. Interesting. That, yeah. You know, interesting well, I, I, I think there's a big studios. thing, which is like there's a huge race to the bottom in the whole industry. And so you find a lot of people wanting to do like good enough. Like that's what you're supposed to have, but it's not really exceedingly more than you're supposed to have. You know what I mean? So yeah, do you think that, because um, I know we've talked about this before, it'd be interesting to get Matt's thoughts on this. We all know that there has been a bit of a race to the bottom in certain quarters. 
But do you get clients that re- can actually tell the difference between that'll do and, yeah, that's exactly what we want? Um I'm not sure to respond to that, but but it, but the the race to the bottom is is I agree with you because it, it seems like you know more and more with as you know with the millennial uh, era, um, you know people just shooting with a cell phone video becomes acceptable, and nobody cares about having the audio cleaned up and sounding great. It's like oh no no it's great it's but it's more raw it's real and and, and so um, that you know that seems to be coming the new standard as far as just the, the 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 quality the expectation I guess you would say um so so we deal with that and and you know people ask for a quote hey how much to clean this up and you, and you give them a quote and they you know geez well it's gonna take us a few hours to to, to go in and, and and you know do that so it, but it seems to me that things are going to come back because you just look at other other mediums like you know music went to iPods and buds and now there's a, actually a chart in the UK selling you know for vinyl and uh, people are actually buying turntables and buying audio equipment and you had a guest another day that was was talking about that the creative director was was saying that it seems like things are starting to turn back to 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 wanting things more professionally done and and I and I hope that's true but yeah I mean it it used to cost big bucks to put an ad together cuz you know they had to buy a, a broadcast media buy and and, and now you know, people are just social media. They can do it for for a song and a dance, and so you're seeing a lot less agency work and more end client doing things directly. And and, and so the, the the bar has been lowered, if you will, in my opinion. But do you think it'll come back up? I hope so. I hope so. Um, otherwise, it's the end of us. Yeah, but I mean, we were talking right at the beginning about uh, plugins and AI and different things like that. But I. Maybe maybe that is the future. I don't know. Um, you just throw the audio in a, in a in a session. You hit mix, and it yeah. spits out. A, <laughs> who knows? I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I just think it's the nuances that disappear. Once you have something so you know cookie cutter, then everything's the same, and then nothing has any cut through. So it it kind of becomes this bland load of stuff. Here's my take on it. Here's the way I see it. I, I actually think that we've been down that road to a certain extent. I'm, I can't speak for the States, but certainly here in Australia, we've been down the road where video editors have been doing a lot of audio work. But I think what is coming out of it from talking to some producers who've sort of been forced into that situation with budgets and all that sort of stuff is the video guys are very good with the video. And, and they, they can sort of look beyond what they're being asked to do and add more to the video side of things than just what they've been asked to do. But when it comes to the audio and the audio mix, they can't do that. They can only go, okay, they, they, they haven't got that expertise. And I think that's where we as audio producers have the chance to step in and go, hey, well, if you want to take that to the next level, then you need to come back to an audio suite, someone who understands audio, someone who's done this a million times and goes, hey, what if we did this? What if we added this? Blah, blah, blah. And actually puts a value back on on the work that we're doing. And, and it seems to be turning that way a little bit, especially, as I said, uh, here in Australia and especially from the producers that I work with, that certainly who's seems to be the case. Who did Star Wars? Sorry, who's who? Who's the editor who did Star Wars? Because the the one exception to all that is the editor who did a lot of the sound design work, or if not the majority of it, on Star Wars. It was the video editor. You mean the guy who came up with the lightsaber sound and all that sort of stuff with the the all that stuff broken microphone? Yeah, yeah, I can't remember his yeah, name. Yeah, like all the sound design. But I didn't he, realize he was he the was, video guy. He was the video guy. Yeah. Right, but if not, like. 
for the most part, I completely agree. There are some exceptions of some editors who are very good at what they do, and sometimes they approach sound in a completely different way. Mm. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. only a theory, their- but do you think maybe it's because of the proliferation of headphones, like proper headphones? You know, not earbuds, but like you're seeing more and more young people wearing, you know, hopefully decent sounding headphones. I mean, like just out in the wild, I'll see just a random guy wearing Audio Technica. ATH, you know, M50s or something. Like so, like a good pair of cans. Just mm, mm. They're hearing more audio. Like they're hearing quality and they're discerning the quality. Right. I mean, um, isn't isn't that piece the AirPod? Like that's the one that everyone is wearing like a lot? Well, the AirPods are the little tiny Bluetooth earpieces from Apple, yeah. And I haven't heard them myself to say they sound good or not, but they're certainly going to sound better than the speakers on their computer or their speakers on their TV. And they're going to sound a lot better than a lot of things they listen to. And also, just being a consumer of YouTube, the bar of quality on YouTube goes up all the time. You know, the sound quality that's expected of people doing YouTube videos, not alone, you know, let alone the picture quality, but the sound quality expectations is, is, is gone up a hell of a lot. So hopefully this is a good thing because it just it's just a rising tide raises all boats I don't know it just means that there's more of a demand for it that's that's what I hope I think it'll come yeah. back I think it will I'm just waiting for them to regulate the uh, the audio specs on 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 the different uh, internet platforms yeah. we're, back, we're back to you know you've got yeah you're watching crush it you're watching yeah. a program you know mixed to, to minus 24 then the then the commercial yep. comes on and it's you know hitting <laughs> zero and you know every time it yeah it, blows you out it's yeah. funny because i because because when i output my mixes it's like you know like five one broadcast all lkfs and uh and then i always have a folder which is web which is just like blast it you know um but it's it's funny how, how you have that thing i i definitely know of you know some editors that essentially got themselves a a meter that can do lkfs and they know where to put it and that's their mix like it's now broadcast because I can make sure that it fits within a certain dynamic window. Um, the other issue too is is in the video editing programs, it, it's it's pretty hard to to edit audio. I mean, I I can edit a video in Pro Tools, but not very well. I mean, um, man, I I, know, I bet you know this. You, you get the OMF and you get a track, and in the OMF is like the same track repeated over and over and over again, like stacked on top of itself. It wasn't loud enough, yeah. so they stack it. So yeah. they That's stack right. it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. All it's the like, time. Oh my, yeah. It's yeah. like, dude, there's a volume fader, and you actually have clip gain in Media Composer. Well, my favorite one is the one where they send you everything tightly edited with no handles. That's always fun oh, too. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> right. Look how no, efficient no, I am. No, I've tidied no, everything no up for tone. you. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. No room tone. No nothing. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you. <laughs> or, or you've been watching a YouTube video and you hear the lava on the left and the boom on the right. <laughs> they just they never they never even like monitor, you know, that's yeah. always a classic. I gotta love it. Oh look, we're in stereo. <laughs> yeah. It's it's DYI post. Yeah, indeed. Uh, but I mean, with the video programs, you, you get down to the frame, but that's it. You can't get into subframes, right. and so, yep. so you know, the the end of the word is chopped off. Or, yeah. Uh, well, that's why they can never get the music edit quite perfect. right. They're yeah. good. they get it close, but they can't get it right. And then yeah. you fix it, yeah. and all their edits off because they edited uh, they edited a little bit down the road the video yeah. to the music. So now I got to make a bad edit somewhere else. Yeah, you get that email that comes back and says, "Did you change my music edit?" It's like yes, because it was yes, shit. I, I oh, fixed well, it. I fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I fixed your edit. <laughs> I did actually get advised not to touch one of the files I was sending off to a client in London, 
who uh, I asked him if he used RX, and he said, yeah. And I said, oh, well, I shouldn't worry too much about you know, the old click. And he goes, no, 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 don't touch it. But, of course, too late, I had. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, see? So I won't do that tomorrow. Save a copy. Do a save as first. Yeah, true. Is that yeah. just to take out mouth clicks or what? Yeah, well, I think that that's what he's doing, getting mouth clicks. I mean, they were the ones I could actually get rid of them because they were kind of at the end, as, as you know, when your mouth changes to for the next word, and you get that sort of mouth opening click kind of noise. You do get a bit clicky occasionally, Mister Peters. Yeah, I've noticed. I do. Yeah. I clicky kind of guy. Prior to RX, how would you deal with mouth mouth clicks? I oh, just cut them out. Draw them out by hand. Draw them out by hand in Pro Tools. That is oh, the best way to do it. Editing yep. books and we just, yes. you're drawing them out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And now you hit a book. Now yeah. you hit a button. Click. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. Well, yeah. now you don't even have to do that, right? You, you hit a button, some, go get some yeah. coffee, come back, and it's done. Yeah, and it's done. God you know, bless the, the, is, it, is it trustworthily done or is it like, you know, because like drawing, drawing them out really gets them out completely transparently. The prior to RX six, when it was just de-click, yeah. not mouth de-click, it would work on about half of them, and it would turn the other half into clunks. But but after RX six, I I've never had it. Seven do that. is it's, seven is seamless. Yeah, I'd agree with yeah, you on it's, that. It yeah. does such a great job. I mean, I de- I de-click everything, even if it doesn't need it. I just hit it. Do yourself a favor, Robert. Do, download the demo of RX7 and just oh, run it for a couple of days. Yeah, it's unreal. Well, I, I, I just bought a whole bunch of RX uh, or Isotope stuff. They had a sale like a month ago. It was like 30 bucks for a bunch of plugins. I was like, all right. Now I've got a, a, one question for you, Matt, before we do shoot off. And uh, this was actually from um, a guy that we, you probably actually know, Bobby Osinski. Um, and he had a trick, which he never told anybody. But the trick was he would put the microphone in Omni and record the, the whole vocal in Omni. Have you ever tried anything like that to get a different... I, I haven't, and I think I heard you and George talking about that on a different episode. If, you, if you've got a dead room, you can get away with it. If you've got... Yeah, if you've got your microphone phone pa- facing a glass window, probably not such a good idea, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like experimenting with, um, you know, when I have a client who sends me audio, I'm talking to them on the phone, I'm listening to the studio, and I'm going, oh, man, I'm hearing reflections off something. What kind of mic do you have? Oh, you have switchable patterns? Okay, why don't you try this? And I have them flick it in figure eight. Sure, and sometimes it's bizarre, like it's amazing because the side disappears. Right, everything the sides does. disappear mm. as long as what's behind the mic is very dead. Yeah. Um, it really becomes almost you know a hyper. It becomes a hyper, especially mic. especially with ribbons. So like with uh, large diaphragm condensers, the figure eight pattern still uses the two capsules, but they're a little bit separated. The ribbon is truly like one little element that physically creates the figure eight pattern without having to do like an electronic. So I, I've done things with like, you know, like your acoustic guitar player who sings and how to record the two at the same time and get as, as much separation as possible. And you can get, you know, like ribbon fig, uh, figure eights and cross them so that you get like really good isolation between the guitar and the voice. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a funny thing. Yeah, yeah. I think also the Beatles used to record their backing vocals with a open speaker. Directly into the side of a figure eight. No so, way. Wow. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, no headphones. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I heard some stuff with Tony Visconti, how he recorded um, the vocal on Heroes. 
and sure, he used, yeah, yeah, he yeah the, the three gates. mics, yeah, yeah, with gating, yeah, that's yeah. fascinating. Just go farther back in the room. Have yeah. you guys heard the story about the Beatles? Everyone talks about how Ringo was always slightly behind the tempo and and slightly, and slightly off beat. Have you heard that story and why why that is and why he's left handed and played a right handed yeah, kit? Left handed playing a right handed kit, and so the amount of time it took him to get across his body meant that he was always just slightly behind, but it gave it that, I guess, Beatles feel because he was just yeah. that slight bit late. Really cool. Why didn't yeah, he just but... play left-handed and be in time? Because his grandmother, his grandmother forced him to, uh, when they figured out he was left-handed, his grandmother forced him to be right-handed. Yeah, so, she bought him. It's like, like my mom did that. But what's funny with me is I'm left-handed, but, but I play guitar righty, and I... Catch and throw lefty, but bat righty. If someone taught me how to do it, I do it righty. If not, if I just like picked it up, it's lefty. Well, that's interesting because I'm exactly the opposite to you because I'm right-handed but play a left-handed guitar. Really? I shoot shoot a rifle left-handed and play snooker. Well, both actually, but naturally left-handed. How do you ride a skateboard? Uh, with great difficulty. <laughs> <laughs> On his ass. That's how he rides a <laughs> skateboard. The time, yes. <laughs> how do you it's kick the, a ball? Uh, with my foot. <laughs> Usually. No, right-footed. Right. Speaking of work, I've got to do some. Yeah, we should do some work. Thank you, Matt, for uh, spending some time with us. And um, all the best with me. Adrenaline. We'd love to check it out. I know the other boys have, but I'd love to see it. Yeah, yeah next time place. you're in Vegas, uh, pop on by. All right. Well, I'll see you there with a tiger and a hangover and a missing front tooth. <laughs> <laughs> and a strange little Asian man in the boot of my car. That was the Pro Audio Suite. If you have any questions or ideas for a show, let us know via our Facebook, the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Yeah.